This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled Marketing. And today I'm joined by a colleague of mine from Bobsled, Olivera Bojevitz, who is a senior account executive at Bobsled. On a daily basis, Olivera is speaking to brands, learning about challenges and obstacles they are facing on Amazon and helping them to navigate the crazy Amazon ecosystem. Before joining the sales team at Bobsled, Olivera worked as part of the client delivery team. She worked directly with brands, supporting them on Amazon seller and vendor central platforms. She finds this experience very valuable and helpful in ongoing conversations with brands that allow her to learn about the latest trends on Amazon firsthand. Welcome to the podcast, Olivera. Hello. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. So I gave a little bit of a backstory on your career at Bobsled, but yeah, what would you like to share about your journey at the company? I started my Bobsled journey about four years ago, and I started as part of the client delivery team where I worked directly with brands, supporting their day-to-day business, but also the operational side. And I had a chance to work with brands who were selling both as 1P or 3P or even hybrid. And this was a great opportunity for me to learn like ups and downs of both setups and also to learn what made brands to opt for one of them. After approximately two years there, I moved to the sales team. And now I get to speak to brands who are on the lookout for a solution and who want to learn about the best way to approach this crazy ecosystem. So right now, my days are usually filled with calls with brands from different industries and of different sizes. And this is really a great resource for me to learn all about issues and obstacles that they are facing on a daily basis. Yeah, and it's especially helpful to have someone with your tenure around looking at this issue that we're going to be talking about today, which is vendor central issues in 2022 and the disappearing act that (laughs) vendor managers (laughs) seem to have done for a lot of our clients and prospects and your history actually over the last four years, seeing the ebbs and flows in how vendors are sort of handled and the issues that they have had over the years is really helpful. So let's jump into it. You pointed out a trend that you've been seeing over the last few months when speaking with brands who reach out to us. Tell us what's going on for these brands who utilize the Amazon Vendor Central program. Yeah, sure. So from my conversation with different brands who have been selling on Vendor Central for some time, some of them are even veterans, I've noticed a certain trend that repeated. So more and more brands are currently complaining about lack of communication with their vendor central team. So this really sounded odd because when I heard it for the first time, I I thought it was one off, but then more and more calls had this as the main topic. So I wanted to, to explore. And what I learned from those conversations is that vendor managers that were assigned to those projects were no longer involved in the in the whole conversation and the whole capacity of their presence was completely changed 
I remember talking to back then one of our prospects and now a client. And I remember his desperate comment. He said that their vendor manager disappeared in the middle of the ongoing conversation. So they first thought that person left the company, but then after trying to reach out to different team members, they learned that they just lost the role of vendor manager on their team. So what does that mean that that brand no longer had a vendor manager assigned to them? That's right. So at first it was viewed as a temporary issue, but then after a couple of months and also after talking to other brands that they work with, they learned that it's not something that has happened only to them, but it's like more issue that has covered a wider range of vendors. Are you seeing any patterns in terms of the size of companies or like what they're sort of shipped cogs or like are these generally what sort of patterns are you seeing across the size of the company or how much business they do on Amazon? Yeah, so if we view them from the vendor central perspective, they're um, usually mid-sized brands. So it looks like Amazon targeted a certain group of brands. Right. So I might be getting ahead of myself here, but the larger the brand, the more likely they are to have a vendor manager still assigned to them and active in the conversation. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that when brand look back, they all mentioned the same period of time. So it took them a moment or two to just acknowledge this and see that it's a new situation that they have to deal with. So whenever I speak to them, they all, all mentioned that it all happened like in late Q1 last year. So around late February, early March, most of the vendor managers were just pulled from their existing assignments, and it looks like they were reassigned to something something else. And we see this happening because it caused a new project on the brand side. So all those brands were left with no solution for their existing ongoing problems. And this really made them reevaluate the whole setup, which means that they had to restructure also their in-house team to take on the work that used to be handled by their vendor manager. What's more important there, I think, is that those brands lost their resource for the strategic insights and also for the planning, and they had to take a whole new approach to their Amazon business. Okay, lots of questions here. So you said that the vendor managers started to get assigned off of brands in that late Q1 period. Where did they go? Where did they get redeployed to? Do you know? (laughs) That was also my question. And when I talked to brands who were already selling on Vendor Central or let's say bigger brands on Seller Central, over the time I learned that it looks like they were assigned back their old role. So originally vendor managers were assigned to get new business to 1P and also to take care of the negotiations process. So the other day I spoke to a brand that's a premium chocolate brand And they've been selling on Seller Central for a while for different reasons, primarily because of the type of products. And a vendor manager reached out to them to offer to open the negotiations process and to get them on Vendor Central. So it looks like they're now after new business and targeting premium brands to join the platform. Okay. So if the vendor managers are sort of disappearing and they're not really accessible to a mid-market brand, but they're tasked with bringing in new business. Are we seeing only really large brands being approached to start selling on 1P or is the expectation that 
you'll get onboarded by a real human being, but then you're sort of on your own and dealing with an algorithm from there on out? That's a good question. I mean, what we've seen is that after the whole disappearing act started, premium brands still have a vendor manager assigned. So it looks like for new brands that they will bring on, they will be assigned to them for the ongoing support. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess I'm struggling with the value proposition of Vendor Central these days. (laughs) 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 What are you really getting? Oh, that question sounds so familiar. So Vendor Central as a setup still makes sense for certain brands and for certain setups. So for example, for bigger brands, it is a preferred model because they can avoid any individual customer orders and they can basically view the whole 1P model as another whole, a wholesale relationship. Also, on the Vendor Central side, while brands still have control over the content and the advertising part, Amazon is fully in charge of the customer service. So those brands really don't have to worry about all those metrics that can impact their place in the overall algorithm. And also, if we take a look at from the practical standpoint, some products are just not available on Seller Central or the FBA fulfillment can be too expensive for them. So they opt for the 1P setup. Right. Okay. So if we go back in time, what other trends or events are related to this issue that we've seen over the years? Well, we've been working with brands on Vendor Central for, I think, seven years now. And over that time, we by working with them, we also get to connect with their vendor managers and to establish a relationship. And I think that their insights on this whole situation were very useful to, to get the whole picture. Because what we've noticed is that some of the brands reached out to their vendor managers regarding some operational issues. So, for example, they will open a case and report a problem to vendor support, but the solution is not satisfying or there is a lack of response on the support side. And in those cases, they would just reach to their vendor manager who will then take care of everything. And with more and more cases, the whole system slightly changed. So vendor managers were used as some kind of, let's say, shortcut to solution. So they were both managers, but also assistants. And a couple of months ago, I spoke to Amazon account manager of one apparel brand, and he was very open about his approach to this setup. He said that he no longer opened cases because their vendor manager would take care of all of them. So now, yeah, (laughs) unique setup. That surprises me because there's also various programs that Amazon has around support, like extra levels of support Mm -hmm. that sellers and vendors need to pay for. So Mm -hmm. you pay, I don't know what the current pricing is, but it's, it can be fairly steep to actually have a support person. So yeah, getting that for free is in this day and age, surprising to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, right now, once the brand don't have access to their personal vendor support representative for free, it looks like they will have to opt for another solution. But what I think will happen, and it's in line with what you just said, Vendor Central will become a sort of a self-serve platform. And as a result of that, brands are now reaching out to agencies such as Bobsled to get help for all those day-to-day things. But what's more important, they're also looking to find a partner who will help them with the strategy planning and also to share industry insights that they don't have access to now that they lost the vendor manager. 
Right. Yeah, that goes back to the point you made around these brands having to suddenly sort of resource this channel themselves when they previously relied on getting some inside help from Amazon. They have taken on this additional work. You said things like insights and planning. Can you describe a little more concretely what types of activities these brands now have to deal with and you know presumably that's why a lot of them end up reaching out to bobsled what are those activities that need to be completed in-house that were previously managed by amazon vendor managers well this also depends on the type of the relationship brands had with their vendor manager and what the focus was but what we see now that all those reports that were sometimes sent by vendor manager on a weekly or bi-weekly basis with recommendations on the content optimization or catalog organization, but also all those things that are really connected to the overall profitability of the account. So right now, the solution for, let's say, shortages and chargebacks has to come from the brand directly. So they no longer have a contact that will send them a report from Amazon and remind them to take a look and report any outstanding issues. Right now, they have to do it by themselves and to find the root cause and then find a solution. That's on the more like day-to-day basis. But regarding the strategy and the planning, all those brands used to get industry insights from their vendor managers and like current trends that they use to inform their strategy for the upcoming months. And right now, they have to reach out to experts and get help from, mm. from them. Yep. Interesting. Okay. So I just want to rattle off as you're talking about some of these changes. This is when I <laughs> realize how long I've been doing this for and all of the changes that have happened. So one, that there used to be a program called Vendor Express, which was shut down a few years ago, mm-hmm. where it was basically, and Amazon was very upfront about it, you're coming in as a vendor, but you're going to have no human contact. So it was this like vendor central light option. It got shut down. And around the same time, there was sort of some rumors circulating that Amazon would actually consolidate vendor, the 1P and 3P business, and that vendor central would essentially go away except for the really large enterprise companies. And That seemed to have some credibility to me based at the time, based on things that were happening, but obviously didn't come to fruition or at least not as extensively as a lot of people thought. But this does sort of align with that a little bit in terms of they're just being vendor manager relationships for the largest brands now, and they're sort of stripping back support for these smaller brands. So one vendor, you know, may or may not a thing, but we're sort of moving in that direction in reality in a way right now. So over the years, we've written a lot and certainly done a lot of projects for brands who want to either move from vendor central to seller central or operate a hybrid model where they're actually doing both. You're on the front line speaking with these brands, either at the start or the middle of their journey on this. What are the key points or questions that you raise with those brands? Mm. Well, the main question there is definitely profitability. So as you mentioned, this is not a new trend. So what we've seen is that before brands opted for Vendor Central because it offered premium content, also videos, additional promotion options. Right now, all those things are available on Seller Central. 
And now it's all about the setup and the profitability that makes brand choose whether they want to move to 3P. And what we've seen in the past couple of years, more and more brands have been moving to a 3P setup, especially those brands who are using direct fulfillment and vendor central. They are now moving to seller central and doing fulfilled by merchant. And the good thing there is that once they move to a 3P setup, they get to choose their final price point. And this is really not a new trend. So we started seeing this back in 2019 when most of the brands made a decision to consider 3P, starting like with small steps. So at the beginning, it was just hybrid option. But because of all the limitations on the vendor central side, brands made this decision to give Seller Central a chance. The main reason that pushed brands towards Seller Central are definitely price points. So the brand can do their own research and do the analysis of profitability, and they can choose the price point that will allow them to be profitable, but also to remain competitive and ultimately have more control over the inventory flow. The brands who stay on the Vendor Central side, they ultimately depend on the Amazon algorithm. Amazon has their own system, how they choose the demand and also how they put together inventory planning. So it really depends on that purchase order that will be placed on Monday. While on the seller central side, it's up to the brand to work on the sales velocity and increase the space they get to use in the Amazon fulfillment center. Great. Really good background there. And a little while ago, I can't recall if this is one or two years ago, or more, <laughs> there was some noise around some brands being told by Amazon either explicitly or in updates to their agreements that if they were a vendor, they wouldn't be allowed to be mm-hmm. a 3P seller. Has there been any developments on that front recently? Well, for some of the brands that we talked to, this is still the case. So they they have done the analysis internally and made a decision that 3P is definitely a good way to go, but Amazon just doesn't allow them to set up a seller central account and move the inventory. In those cases, if those brands do have a vendor manager assigned, there is hope that they could reopen negotiations and just see how they can overcome those profitability obstacles and stay on 1P. Yeah, it's a tough position to be in when you're told that you can't negotiate. (laughs) And I I do know that for some of those brands who've been told that they're not allowed to operate a 3P account, that they're generally widely distributed brands anyway with resellers. And if one of their distributors or retailers is going to sell their products on Amazon, there's nothing that they can really (laughs) do about it. So it's, yeah, can be challenging trying to figure out what to do in that situation. My counsel has always been to those brands who've been told not to operate a 3P channel is to take that very seriously. I was told by an Amazon employee at the time that this was kind of rolling out that they had permanently suspended at least one brand from selling on Amazon because they didn't, didn't listen. So yeah, is it worth being kicked off Amazon <laughs> for that? I, d- I don't think so, even though it's mm. a really tough pill to swallow and there doesn't seem to be much ability to negotiate it in a lot of those cases. Well, let's move on. 
If you had a crystal ball, what would it say about the future of the Vendor Central program? Well, from what we see now, Vendor Central will definitely become a fully self-serve platform for most of the brands and their portfolio will soon consist of only premium brands. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right. I really have enjoyed this discussion. It's good to catch up on what's happening here. Obviously, this is a topic that's very impactful for a lot of brands looking at their Amazon Vendor Central sales channel and wondering what's going on. Are there other alternatives here? So I appreciate the time that we've been able to spend together. I've just got a couple of quick questions for you that I ask all the guests on the show. What are you excited about right now? Well, as I mentioned before, this whole new setup of disappearing vendor managers made brands restructure their internal teams and also to reevaluate their entire in-house setup. And this is not something that, that can happen overnight because it might require reassignments and new resourcing and also different distribution of funds. And what we have been hearing from people lately is that they are facing a lack of understanding from their leadership team. There's just no buy-in from the leadership team. And late last year, here at Bobsled, we have developed a self-assessment tool to support people who are in charge of Amazon and to help them understand where they stand on their Amazon journey and what is holding them back from the growth. And I've talked with a couple of brands in the past couple of weeks, and that self-assessment tool was really helpful because they shared it with the rest of the team and also with their leadership team. So we really got to understand where the discrepancies and it helped them show the rest of the team the importance of Amazon and all the care that it requires. So I'm really eager to see what 2022 will bring and how we can support more and more brands with this new setup. That is exciting. I think it's you know, maybe not the catalyst, mm-hmm. the most pleasant catalyst for these brands, <laughs> sort of moving into a more engaged relationship with the Amazon channel, but it's, I guess, like you said, served a forcing function to get these brands to really think about their resourcing and get their leadership teams engaged and things like that. And I'm glad that the self-assessment is helping with that. And we'll link up to that in the show notes as well of this episode. It's called the Amazon Savviness Score, and it's a self-assessment that you can take on our website at bobsledmarketing.com. Another quick hit question for you, Oliveira, what have you changed your mind about? Well, honestly, I've been always a 3P girl. So this <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the conversations that I've been having with brands really made me love the 3P setup even more. So hearing from brands that especially in, in like late Q3 last year, that vendor managers were very responsive when they reached out to brands to increase fulfillment fees, but then just disappearing after they got the request for the price increase really made me love Seller Central more. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Well, I think you've probably piqued the curiosity of a lot of people listening to this because going from a 1P model to a 3P model obviously is a huge step and there's so many things to learn because in a 1P model, everything was kind of taken care of for you. And with 3P, you're on the hook for absolutely everything. So it can be very overwhelming. But that 
fortunately, that's what you're here for as a resource for brands and as the sort of the face of bobsled for people who are interested to learn how we can work with them to do that migration or set up in a new marketplace or just look at what they're doing currently with their Amazon sales channel and figure out where can future growth opportunities come from. So how can people contact you if they want to discuss their own situation, Oliveira? Well, they can simply submit a contact us form on our website, bobsledmarketing.com, or they can reach out directly to me at olivera at bobsledmarketing.com. Thank you so much, Oli. Great to speak with you again. Thank you. Great chat.